Your brain might just help you learn something in more ways than one. Welcome to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Dr. Bell is a licensed marriage and family therapist. He'll be your guide on this crazy exploration designed to bring life back into our existence. Can you become the element of change in an ever-changing world? Possibly, but you've got to listen on to find out. Now here is the host of Absurd Psychology, Dr. Gary Bell. Well, welcome everybody. All right, my voice is almost gone thanks to my eight-year-old son, but I am going to try to do this show the best I can. So I wrote this show because one of our listeners actually wrote me and asked me to put this together. And what it's about is becoming a great father. And what are the ingredients that make a great father? And I can tell you there's all kinds of ways in which a father can be a great father. Every one of us, all of us men, have different makeup, different priorities, different values, different things that we like in life. But those values can also be moved on to our kids if they're healthy, and and that's what we want them to be. So, you know, there's been a lot of studies about what a great mother is, but there's really not a lot of research around what a great father is. So I'm going to try from the research that I found to try to pull it out and really make a good show so that you guys can understand some of the ingredients that make a good father. The other thing is, is I am a father and I got to tell you, just because I'm doing this show about what makes a good father, there's times that I'm not a good father or a great father. I know there's times that my wife has said, how could you say that to our son? You're a marriage family therapist. And it's like, okay, you're right. <laughs> so there's been many moments in my life of that. So I'm not the shining beacon on the hill either. But I do know the ingredients that make up a great father, you know. If you really look at the carefully done studies about how fathers are positive influences on their children throughout life, and that's the other, the one big thing that's the most interesting, is a father's role is important throughout your child's entire life. You remain, just like mom, an example of what a man should be, especially if you have a son or a daughter, you are still an example as you move in through life. So number one, the biggest ingredient that makes a great father is a person who has good intuition. Intuition means that we, what we do in, in front of people and what we do without having an audience is the same and that our character is of that. That is what our children want us to be. That's what makes us attractive to them. That's what makes them want to seek our wisdom. And so we have to take that into account. The other thing is, is if you want to die alone, don't manage your integrity and you will find that nobody can stand you or wants to be around you. And when you're old, you'll be rotting in a nursing home by yourself or you'll be in a hospital with a heart attack and nobody visits. So Integrity is everything when it comes to being a parent. You know, and here's the other problem. There is tons and tons of breeding stock. At least 50% of the people who have children and make children are people who are breeding stock. And what is breeding stock? Breeding stock is the same thing as where you get a dog at a dog farm. They're just 
dogs. They're just not designed to be people and they're not designed to be pets. So, you know, if you think of it from terms of a dog. So breeding stock makes up a huge ingredient of other people out there who choose to make a family. The other thing is then there's parents, but parents is a job and it's a committed job and it takes a lot of work to be a parent and you have to be resilient and you have to move along the developmental stages of your children. And so that's a very important ingredient of understanding how to do that. The degree of positive influence a parent like a father has depends on whether someone uh, is a good father. And obviously, but important qualification, fathers who are abusive or coarse do not benefit their children. And, and all would be better off if those things were around, not around. And that's why many fathers, it's better that they're not around because they're drunks or they're, you know, they're drug addicts or they're abusers. They treat their children poorly. They call them names. They act stupid. They're narcissistic. When you have parents like that, it's very hard to make room for yourself as a child and get to know who you are through your childhood. You know, uh, uh, people like fathers, research suggests that those who are actively involved in the lives of their children, active involvement means a deliberate general term, meaning you're actually engaged in their life reflecting the point that there's no way to be not a good father if you are actively involved in your children's life centered around the children and not yourself. You know, active involvement is often defined like engagement, directly interacting, accessibility, being available to them, uh, being responsible, providing resources. Actively involved fathers have close and affectionate relationships with their children. But the biggest component of all, if you're going to be a father, is you have to put compassion as your act of love. Compassion for your children. Yet is the act of love. And compassion for everyone would be what Jesus would prefer. But the bottom line is active, active, you know, active engagement active, wanting to be empathetic. Compassion is everything when it involves a father and a child. And you also want to have really good communication where they feel free to talk to you about anything and that that, 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 that you are the kind of person that your children want to be as adults. You know, the, no two fathers are alike. So now we're going to talk about a father to a boy. And then we're going to talk about a father to a girl. So no two fathers are alike. Their style is a blend of unique personality and strengths. But good fathers do have certain traits in common. You know, they work both sides. Children need both nurturance and structure. But it's easy for parents to wind up splitting the jobs rather than both doing the jobs. And, and, and. You know, if you're always the one, the drill sergeant, your sons wind up seeing you only as that tough, rigid, intimidating, you know, while, while uh, on your own mind, you're doing what you think you're supposed to be doing. But they see you as this guy who's always on their back, always nitpicking, always on the edge. If you're a perfectionistic father, you know, you can never do good enough. You're not doing good enough. You're not doing that. You know, do it like this. You know, if you're going to be that kind of father, you're not going to leave a very good trail with your son. Your son will despise you. Your son will resent you. Your son will feel like they could never please you. 
you know, it, it, it is this impression that will be imprinted on them, which they're likely to pass along to their own sons. So give your sons more than one dimensional view of you as a father. Do it all. Nurture and be tough when you need to and help your partner do the same. Understand your own father to better understand yourself. Just as you want your sons to see the complexity that is you, it's helpful for you to move beyond one dimensional view of your father that you probably walked out of your childhood with. Updating your view of him can help you change your view of yourself and reduce your fear of making his mistakes. So go beyond. How's work? How's the job? How are you feeling? What's on your mind? You know, ask ask your father about their past struggles, their present fears, and their lifelong passions to shake up your old assumptions and discover what makes them tick. And if they have moved out of your life or passed away or spent some time doing reflecting, help recover and heal your past by writing them a letter saying whether you wish to say what you wish to say before they died. And you couldn't. You got to get some closure on that, and and write a letter back from him to you, saying what you wish you would have said to them. You know, emotionally to you, emotionally challenging the process can help heal old wounds and allow you to move on to be a father of your own making, which is really what we all need to be. You know, you want to help your son understand what a man cave is. You know, that, that, that came from men are from Mars, women are from Venus. And it's pointed out to generations of newly married couples, men and women often approach problems differently. Women process and ultimately make sense of emotions and problems by talking them through, which drives men nuts because they're ruinatory. Women are auditory. They process a thought once it arrives in their brain. Men process thoughts through rumination and then present something that they feel is more thought through. And so they get very upset and anxious when they're hearing raw, uh, unthought through thought. And they're very critical of that because they're lazy. But if you want to shut your children's brains down as a father, if you want to shut your wife's brain down as a father and not allow them to process thought, then don't listen. But you, if you really want to make a family thrive, if you're a father, you want to be a good listener. That should be your most powerful tool. You know, men, men go into their man cave and they maul what can seem like for a long time. That's their rumination stage. And, and they think and they work out a problem in their heads and eventually come out and, and then they issue the punchline. You know, I want to do this. We need to do that. Often skipping the backstory, much the frustration of the partners because they don't understand and they feel like they have no opinion because you drop a bomb on them in the middle of, of, of and, and then expect them to make a decision when they haven't thought it through. And so you not wanting to get their input are tripping your own self up because oftentimes your children and your spouse will reject you when you drop bombs on them. You know, you you also tend, you know, to be if you're this type of guy, be sensitive to the fact that your kid may not understand what you're doing. They can take your mauling and withdraw personally. They can misinterpret your behavior as somehow tied to them and cause them to worry about you. If, if you need to withdraw, let them, let the boy let him and the rest of your family know what's going on. I'm okay. It's not about you. I just need to sort some things out. 
and think about them for myself. And that's what a man cave is for. It's for the ruminators in the world. You also want to teach your son how to do. You know, many uh, uh, grown sons do not know how to do many things in life support because they were never taught by their father. You know, uh, uh, many people get distraught in their in their life because they don't feel like they have the tools to face it. You know, we all have this opportunity to learn and to do, but we need to take the basic skills like how to write a check, how to pay bills, you know, how to, how to take responsibility, how to communicate, how to interview, how to, how to greet an adult. You know, these are great things to teach. Do you also teach him how to stand up and be assertive about things that, that, that your son feels are important about how to recover when you've been discouraged and defeated? Resiliency is everything in this life. And so many people let their souls and their wills get destroyed. And then they have no decision making and they have no character. And that's because they're lost because they don't tap into their will. If you had parents that destroyed your will or if you did it all on your own, the problem is you don't have any drive. If you want to have drive, you got to have will. And that's what you've got to teach your son about is having a will so that they're resilient and so that they're responsible and they're effective when they have a family. Tell them stories about times when you struggled, when you had doubts, when you did something courageous. Help them learn how to steer the boat that is their life by letting them see how you steer yours. And then give time. It's the really one thing that you can truly control and give. Money can always be lost, but time becomes lost if you let it. It's not the quality that's important, but the quality, the quantity, but the quality is what's important. It needs to be a dedicated solely to your children, where they are the center of your attention. That is critical to them. If you're going to sit on your phone while your children are watching you, watching them play, that is not a good role model for your kid. You're telling them that they're not safe and they're not important. They want you to interact with them. They want to know that you care about them and that little things that they're learning is a big thing for them. And it's so important if you want to be a good father that you vest yourself in quality time in your children's life and dedicate a certain amount of time, a half hour, an hour, 50 minutes for one-on-one -on -one time with your son and let them decide what you both will do together. You may play a video game. You might wrestle. You might watch TV, read a book, be, uh, bake a cake. It doesn't matter. He gets your undivided attention for a change, to be in control, and to, for you to discover the inner life of your son. And if you do this every day, don't ever cancel it as punishment. It's for them unconditionally. You'll be surprised at the difference it can make in him and you. And once again, do not cancel it as punishment. That time should not be used as that. You know, you also need to teach guys stuff. In the era of Google and YouTube, you can learn practically anything on your own, but important learning comes from what is passed down from father to a son, and you're his entree to the man world. So you teach your son about your passions, your cars, your clothes, the, the zone of defense, how to, how to tie a tie, educate him about relationships with a woman, help him understand the focus and the value of work. Not everything you say will stick, but they may have no interest in cars or basketball, or that may just not be their thing, but that's not the point. The point is the relationship. You have the opportunity to get to be his greatest teacher, and that is a great thing for a father to have. You know, don't blow the chance to be 
that father, you know, and also apologize. This is something men don't do. And they can be so arrogant and they blame others for their problems and their emotions. They see apologies as caving in. You win. A real man knows how and when to apologize. Tell your son that you are sorry you overreacted, that you didn't mean to hurt their feelings, that you made a mistake goes a long way and not repairing the relationship if you don't do that. You need to repair it. And in teaching him invaluable lesson about responsibility and humility, and it is humility to be a parent. You're never going to be a perfect parent, but you can be good enough, and that's about as much as we can get as parents. You know, the other thing is you, you're teaching him that it's important to be aware of your impact on others and when it's hurtful, not when you intended to you step up and say, I apologize. I'm really sorry I made that mistake. This is what impacted you, and I know it hurt, and I'm very sorry about that. The other thing is love your partner. You know, if you want to be a good father, then certainly a strong relationship with your partner provides a solid foundation for your son's development. But what he needs is to see most how you get there and keep it up. You are the model, often the only model, for showing your son how to uh, how intimate relationships work and the handling of differences, showing affection and respect, managing your own emotions. You don't need to be perfect, but you need to be proactive, and you don't always need to be calm, but you need to be clear and sensitive. Skip the speeches and the lectures. Instead, finally, just focus on everyday integrity to, to say what you mean and say what you believe. That's a huge deal. But if you don't treat your partner right, you're teaching them to abuse, and that's a horrible thing to do. You need to be cherishing your partner and teaching him how to cherish. That is what women need. If you never get that, you're going to be very lonely or lonely in your marriage. All right, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to come back. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. It's time to serve, learn, change the world. Tune in each week for The Power of Young People to Change the World, hosted by NYLC's CEO, Amy Muirs. The program is a forum for both young people and the adults who love and support them. We make connections with others through stories of change, partnership, and new perspectives of issues facing the world today. Be sure to join us every Thursday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time and 3 p.m. Pacific Time, or anytime on demand on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Friend us on Facebook to keep up with what's empowering the world. Voice America Empowerment. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. 
If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, I'm sorry about my voice, but I picked up my son's cold. Um, You know, as a father, to become a great father, you have plenty of time and plenty of room for making mistakes. The thing is, you got to be resilient. Kids are forgiving. If you're not sure how you're doing as a dad, simply step back and take stock. Can, can, Can your child come to you with their problems? Can they share their emotions? Can they respect your advice? And if they can, you're on solid ground. And if both are struggling, if he's pulling away and dismisses what you say and is afraid to come close, it's up to you to change it, to change the, that interaction, to break the pattern that's negative. Approach, even if they initially pull back. Talk, even if they are silent. Spend time. Give positives. Reflect on who they are. Don't estim- underestimate your influence and your impact as a father. You know, you're their dad. You need to step up. You need to take accountability for what your actions verbally and non-verbally are teaching your children. Now, if you're a father of girls, this is the first entry of, you know, thinking about what your life is going to be like because you're going to start seeing the world through a girl's perspective. And hopefully they become a daddy's girl. You know, they, they need a lot from their father. And, 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 and girls especially need to feel safe and protected. That is one of the number one things that a father must offer their family, safety and protection. They also have to have permission to be a child or risk future relationship consequences. Here's the deal. When a child is born in the first year and almost year and a half, Their main assessment of you and your wife is my crying. What kind of attention does that get? Do you understand my needs? Am I safe with you as a father and with her as a mother? That is the first question. If they're not safe, if they don't feel like you can interpret their cry, then basically what happens is they don't feel safe in the world. They don't trust and they have issues in all relationships. You know, there's a lot of psychological insecurities that come out of that first year. And men miss the cue to understand in that first year, year and a half, they have the duty also to build a relationship, especially with their father, their their daughter, and their sons. You know, there's a lot of people who recall their childhood experience with their dad that suggests a lot of uh, sense of a maladaptive process where their dad just worked and came home, and they ate, and they hid, you know, and they drank. You know, that is old history. We cannot raise children like that anymore. We have to be proactive fathers in our children's lives. You know, caregiving is important. Fathers doing caregiving is important. Responsibilities and being responsible for meeting your child's needs with your spouse That is incredibly important. You know, adult romantic 
relationship satisfaction comes from relationship security. And it's significantly lower when you decide to not be in a intimate, kind, loving, caring, compassionate relationship with your spouse. That's what your children are modeling their life off of. And if you're going to be a turd, go lay in the yard. But if you're going to be a father, be a father, step in, commit, not try to be a father, will be a father, not try to be married, will be married. That is the important turning point that we all have to make. Warmth, acceptance, availability, and positive effect, you know, or you're going to uh, predisposition, especially a girl, for depression. If you're not warm and accepting and available and positive, children end up, girls especially, depressed. And there's a lot of studies that shows that. Girls who are diagnosed with depression in studies were significantly more likely to report that they felt rejected and neglected by their father and, and they, they, they had a cold, detached relationship. And these findings, regardless of whether the girl's parents were married or separated, their father's own reports indicate that they agree with their daughter's assessment in these studies. And so it's really important. If you're going to have a daughter, you want to have shared physical activities in their life that are safe and overall positive parenting skills. Admittedly, you know, above the line to oversimplification of research is not going to help. But dads need to have a lot of interaction with their daughters. They need to be active, collaborative, Fitness-related play is always good. Social-emotional well-being is something that we want to embrace with our, our, our daughters. And engaging, engaging, engaging. Also, we want to show them what it is to have self-discipline. Because if you want them not to have sex before they get married or not to have sex while they're in high school or unable to provide for children, then you have to show self-discipline. That's important, you know. You know, social competency for a daughter comes from the idea that they are safe with their parent, they're supported by their parent, they transition well. Also, your decision-making skills are very important, especially for both the son and the daughter. If you make stupid decisions and you make decisions without involving your partner, then they're going to learn to make their own independent decisions that they don't have to consult anybody. You know, closeness and reliability, also benevolence, which means a lot to do with independence, and permission for autonomy, and, 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 and you know, that is a huge part. But attacking a girl's body image is never a good idea. Attacking, you know, going at them for being too fat or going at them being too short or whatever, being critical of them is never a good idea because a lot of girls will end up with eating disorders, depression, anxiety, OCD, and all kinds of things if you're going to attack them. That is not your job. Your job is to back off and be supportive of them, to love them no matter who they are, what mistakes they made, what mistakes they haven't made. It's all a lesson. It's all a process. Mistakes are going to be made. Forgiveness first. If you're going to challenge your daughter or your son, what you want to do is you want to go at them with the intention of forgiveness. And what that means is you ask them 
what did made you decide to do this? How did you decide to do this? Not why did you decide? They're going to lie to you if you ask them why. Why is a motive-based question. Ask them a what and a how, and now they will, hopefully, if they feel safe with you, give you the context of what you're looking for in order for you to forgive them. That teaches them when you ask a what and a how that you're looking for forgiveness. Moreover, Women who describe their father as being high in control but low in affection are more likely to restrain their food intake, express concerns about their physical appearance, experience more depression as compared to their peers who had, who may report that they had caring fathers. And in line with that, a very recent study has found qualitative evidence that women who experience body image and eating distress reported a lack of supportedness and permission for autonomy when they grew up from their parents. If you want to be that kind of parent and authority, an authoritative parent, and not allow a child to make decisions on your watch and kind of watch those decisions because children after 12 know what their values are. Now their job after 12 and maybe even 10 is to exercise the values. And you want them to do that on your watch. That's why autonomy is so important. That's why it's important if you're going to discipline to offer, hey, you have the good choice and you have the bad choice, but those are your choices. And you decide what choices to make. You know, it's it's really important also to understand as a father, if you're going to be a stepfather, that means that you're not the authoritarian. Your biological partner is the parent, and your job is to support them. And your job is to be the nice uncle. It is not to be the disciplinarian in the house. Even if she's trying to egg you on to do it for her, that is not your job. It is the biological person that has to be the bad cop. You know, you know, there's a lot of surprise to see beneficial effects of involvement, communication held for daughters who live with fathers. Their fathers, a father should be always engaged and involved, compassionate and caring for their daughters. You know, today, a whole lot of dads are celebrated for being sensitive, caring, and hands-on. My stepfather, from when I grew up, used to say that he thinks that the male gene is waning, that we are turning into a bunch of wimps. Um, but the bottom line is what's happening is we're understanding that we have to be more hands-on with their children, and there's a whole bunch of damage that has come from role-playing as parents and not being compassionate to our children. A growing body of research has transformed our understanding of how they, how a father can shape their children's lives from the start. And there's a lot of ideas about parenthood and gender. And the striking is given that in the 70s, the role of fathers in their children's development was not studied at all. But what's important to understand, these latchkey children who had a working parents, both parents, had to raise themselves and a lot of them have grown up and understood that their children do not deserve that their children deserve love and attention that's why we're finding today that many fathers are playing a much bigger role in the raising of children and that's a good thing and that's necessary but it also is very humble and it's not exactly always going to be the most masculine thing in the world you know there's a lot of focus on how relationships with mothers are very important but there's little thought about the social relationships of a father to their children. You know, half of all parents, not half in this day and age because we have all the 
homosexuality and all kinds of crazy. But anyway, theoretically, half of parents are fathers, yet 99% of the research on parenting focuses on mothers. Now, there's a new research that's showing that the social world of children is much richer and more complex than previously thought. And it's not just dads who have moved to the spotlight. Grandparents, same-sex parents, step-parents, single parents have helped researchers understand what makes a child thrive. And part of the argument is that uh, there's no multiple important factors. There's a lot of factors to involve. And you as a parent have to step in as a father and take that role and be that role for your children. A range of studies show how flexible parenting roles can be really helpful. And what that means is the father experience is involved with the mother experience and that both of them partner and communicate around their child's needs. Both of them play good cop, bad cop. Both of them play confident, confidant. You know, it's important for that to be spread among all parents so your children don't align with one or the other and then triangulate you, meaning that two people are on the same side and one person is in the middle, and that means that one in the middle is going to be under attack. What happens is children will triangulate parents if they realize their parents are not on the same page. You as a father need to get with the page. You need to get with your partner and come up with compromises, not your own rules, compromises about how you're going to parent. And the other thing is, if you're going to raise children and not be the turd, ugly person that, that they that's always saying no, create a behavior contract Lay out the things you want them to do, two, three, four things, and then tell them what they get at the end of the week if they do all those things or don't do all those things. And the other part of it is a behavior contract. This is what I'm going to take away for a day, for three days, for seven days if you do one of these things. So there's a punishment, a reward system. That leaves your children in charge of their own parenting, their own discipline. That's what we want. We want to guide them. We want to influence them in their teenage years. That's very important. Behavior contracts do that. They let a child own their own responsibilities and consequences. And emotional involvement also matters. Babies with emotionally engaged fathers show better mental development as toddlers and are less likely to have behavioral problems uh, later on. And babies whose dads behave in a more detached way uh, uh, also are impacted because emotionally they have poor social skills, behavioral issues. Negative attention is better than no attention at all. And so that's what falls in. You know, we want to have a satisfying life for our children. That means that they have to feel important. They have to feel cared for. You know, the factors that lead to the formation of relationships are exactly the same for mother and father. It really comes down to emotional availability, compassion, 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 recognizing people's needs and responding to those needs. I can't tell you how many idiot people as parents don't recognize the need of their partner, their love language. If it's giving gifts, give them gifts. If it's giving compliments, give them compliments. For God's sake, don't starve them of their needs because you're too, uh, oh, that's uncomfortable. I'm not good at that. I've never done that. That's no excuse. You took the vows. You need to meet the needs of your partner. And if it's not something you can explain, if it's illogical, so what? Meet the need. 
if it needs to, if it's time together, give them time together. Your children have needs. You need to find out what their love languages are. If it's time together with you, give them time together with you. That's important. There's a lot of research that, you know, uh, uh, that, that mothers and fathers tend to interact differently with small children. Mothers bond more through, through gentle caretaking. Fathers typically bond through play. But that has less to do with gender and more with the division of child care. You know, there's also same-sex couples and stay-at-home dads have shown uh, uh, regardless of gender, is a parent who works during the day and comes home in the evening who tends to play wilder games like uh, picking up the baby, swinging them around, and the parent who looks after the baby all day is likely to interact with them more calmly. And yes, that's okay. That's okay if you're going to be a calm parent. That's okay if you're going to be a father raising your children while the mother works. But we have to understand that it's both have a job. Not just one. Both of you have a job. You know, in heterosexual couples, the parent who takes on the most care during the day is often still the mother for a range of social and economic reasons. So one is to do with parental leave. You know, if you think about parental leave, that is a wonderful thing for both parents to have. Take advantage of it if you have that. It should be at least two months and, and, and hopefully that gives you the time to truly bond with your baby. You know, the women do the majority of child care. They hunt and for, in, in certain societies. They hunt and forage with their babies snuggled against them in a sling. That's in Africa, in Central Africa. But no one yet has declared them the world's best mothers. But involving dads more from the start can have many benefits. And so play, regardless of whether it's calm or boisterous, is particularly beneficial. Play is the language of a child. It's the way children explore the world. It's how they build relationships with other kids. You know, uh, uh, learning that kind of stuff, playing with your children is a wonderful way to bond with them. You know, babies whose dads were more active and engaged during play had fewer behavioral difficulties at age one compared to those who are more distance detached. They also did better in cognitive tests. You know, their ability to recognize shapes. These are important things for children if you want them to have developmental building blocks. Um, it's really getting involved is the most important thing because you get better at it as you practice. It's not something that comes naturally. It's not something that you always want to do, but it's something you have to do, just like exercise. You may not like it, but you need to make something of it, and you want to make it fun. And that's the important ingredient that we all have to have as a father. You know, good qualities of a father means he's protective. A good dad protects his kids from drawing clear boundaries, considers their best interests, talks to them about things they should be aware of, and puts things in place. They teach kids about consequences of making wrong choices. They also uh, uh, develop character of, of their character is very important, and decision-making is also very important. It's really important for all of us to understand that these qualities are are important to us raising children. All right, we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com 
Dr. Gary Bell is available for speaking engagements as well as teaching at your seminar or workshop and life coaching via telephone Skype or in person in the Seattle area. Dr. Bell brings his no-nonsense, straight-from-the-hip discussions each week on the show, but it doesn't stop there. Learn about motivation and psychology, one-couple marriage repair, a two-day workshop in Seattle, and more. Visit drgbmft.com today or call Dr. Gary Bell at 951-818-7856. That's drgbmft.com or 951-818-7856. Unravel the mysteries of metaphysics every week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Join host Barb Crowley as she and her insightful guest share what's been learned behind the veil, going just beyond our five senses. Now you can see things with an entirely different point of view. Tune in for Metaphysics, a view through the veil, broadcasting live every Friday at 1 p.m. Pacific Time and 4 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Use it to explore your advantage and deeper understanding. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. You are tuned in to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. If you have a question for Dr. Gary or his guest, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. That's 1-888-346-9141. That's easy enough, but if you want to send an email, it will take some thinking. Got a pen? The email address is drgbmft at sbcglobal.net. Or you can just click on Email Host on the Voice America page. Now, back to Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Welcome back, everybody. Get to hear my frog voice <clears throat> again. Sorry about that today. Uh, hopefully, it'll get better. Um, I know it'll get better. So anyway, let's look at the qualities of what makes the best, the greatest type of father. If you want to become the greatest type of father, a good father is affectionate to their kids. They may not hug and kiss a child like the mother does, but their affection, no less than than a mother's, is very important to the children. It lets the children know they can count on you. You know, uh, uh, you also, as a father, have to be a wall of security. The children believe that their father is always right. He will never lie to them. He will never betray them. He will never leave them in the lurch. That is the trust a good father builds in a child. And the kids know that their father is always there whenever they want some help, whenever they are in trouble. That is when you pay off big dividends as a father. You also have to be a source of encouragement. And many people are terrible about giving people encouragement. Many people focus on criticism. Analytical people, like most engineers and men and some doctors and all kinds of people, they're the source of criticism. They're always poking, poking, poking. But that does not make a kid expand and grow. That does not give a kid confidence. A kid needs to hear encouragement, encouragement, encouragement from you. You can do better than this. You're awesome. I'm so proud of you for doing this. That was awesome that you colored that. That looks beautiful. I'm so proud of you. You know, you are the source of encouragement. 
if it be a football match or a debate competition, your presence at the venue gives a boost to your child's confidence. You are the happiest when they are the you are the happiest when they succeed, and you're the one who will make them strive better if they fail. Your words are what will make a world of difference to your child. Your words have the power to make or break them. And if you want to make everything about the negatives, you're going to break them. And you need to cut that crap out if you're that kind of person and start thinking positive encouragement. It is not your job to rip them to pieces. You know, uh, you also have to have the patience to listen. Men are terrible listeners. But I'm, I'm using a lot of generalities here. But the bottom line is a good father takes out the time to listen to their kid. So here's listening. That's a good point. I understand what you're saying. I hear. All right. So what you're telling me is this. I get it. Oh, that's that is very interesting. Okay, that means that we're not solving it. We're not the problem solver. Shut up. Don't problem solve with anybody in this life unless they ask you to. Otherwise, you just validate, 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 validate. You shut up when other people are talking and validate, validate, validate. If you want a good life, if you want to enjoy your life, you need to do that first. All right. A good father gives the kids undivided attention and tries to understand things from their perspective. They also provide the necessities. If they are to be the head of the family, the father is responsible for giving a decent living for their kids, be it home, food, education, love, security, and attention. You have to remember, those kids are your legacy. And when you die, they are the ones that is going to carry memories forward. If you leave them with no memories, if you leave them with no wisdom, if you leave them with no quality time, you are not going to be remembered for your life. They are your treasury. And if you can't get that, and if you don't understand that, you're going to operate alone in your old years when you're frail and people that don't know what they're doing in a nursing home ends up taking care of you probably. If, if you're going to, especially if you're going to end up in something where uh, it's paid for by the government, you know? And so if you want to rot in your life, while you're at the end of your life, don't treat your kids well and see what happens. You know, we need to assess how we're coming across. We really need to understand compassion and love is what parenting is about. And the more we give compassion and love, the more grace our children gives us when we make mistakes. You know, respect the mother of your children. Children do well when they see their parents working together. If you're going to be a good father, you have to teach your children how to respect their mother. And this by and this comes from how you treat their mother first, not how they treat their mother. It's how you treat their mother that counts. And then you can impress on them how important it is for them to treat their mother. They honor her views. You do not argue with her in front of your children. This sends the right message to kids that their parents work together and they need to respect them both equally. It's important 
They listen. They hear more than you think they hear. They know more than you think they know. It's really important for you to spend time with your kids if you're a good father. If a dad is at home, it's fun time for kids. He plays with them. He shares tricks, shortcuts, makes their artwork easy, their homework enjoyable, involves them in things that he likes to do. Televisions, laptops, phones are put aside. That's a good father. You know, he is also to be the best teacher. He teaches lessons, not just from academics about life, but he shows children and channelizes their emotions when they're met with failure or disappointment and how they can use their energy to do good, how they can be resilient from when things go bad, how they can plan their careers, their study hours, what you expect and what you want for them. You know, if you really think about it, you know, the father's involvement involves their stage of development and you need to understand a child's stages of development that when they're young it's about safety when it's their three to five when they're toddlers it's about exploration five to ten is about learning and getting the basics and then after that it's about values 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 learning to use their values making choices, building character, becoming the person that they want to be. Some choices are going to be experimentally awful, experiment, experientially awful, and some are going to be great. But sometimes we got to let them fly and make their own mistakes and see if that natural consequences will teach them. If not, then maybe we have to step in. You know, before pregnancy, as a father, fathers need time to adjust to their new role, just as mothers do. Involved in the preparations of your baby's birth, time spent in emotional and physical preparation to become a dad can make all the difference to how fathers feel about when the baby arrives. You know, you have to take care of your health. You have to make healthy choices, eat healthy. Quit or cut down on smoking and alcohol. Discuss how you'll raise your children. Talk about any concerns you have regarding starting a family. This is the time to do that with your loved ones, with your spouse, with anyone who will listen, with your friends. You also have to be prepared for changes that a baby may bring your lifestyle or home. Your wife is going to go through a big change. She's going to wreck her body have the baby, then she has to put it back together and pray to God that you are still attracted to her. That sucks. That's why a man has to cherish his wife. If he can't do that, then he's she's going to wonder who the hell he's cherishing and, and what is it going to make and why in the world is she in this relationship and why in the world does she allow herself to have, her, have a kid with this turd that won't cherish me? You know, we have to think about that. You have to take care of your partner. You have to prepare healthy meals. Get her rested. Help create a happy atmosphere at home. Read and learn about pregnancy and birth. I can't tell you how many times a woman will shove books in front of their husband's face. Can you learn about this? Will you please read about this? Will you please do this? And the man says, yeah, you're sure. Then he goes back to his phone. You know, come on. That's stupid. If you're going to have kids, take responsibility. Step up and get to know these unborn children. Learn how to become a father. Make your house baby friendly, which is another job of a father. Making sure that they don't fall on corners. You know, paint and repaint the house. You know, toxins could be harmful to the mother and the baby if you're going to do a bunch of painting. So you want to be careful about that. Discuss with your wife and agree upon sharing responsibilities once the baby comes. Have that all coordinated so everything goes well when you come home. That's important. 
It's so critical for us to get our acts together. Fathers make unique contributions to language development in their kids. Fathers actually matter more in that sense. When fathers use more words with preschool children during play, children have more advanced language skills a year later. Children whose fathers play with them, read to them, take them on outings, help care for them, have fewer behavioral problems in their early school years, and a lesser likelihood of delinquent as adolescents. When fathers are absent, there's a robust association between father absence, both physical and psychological, and accelerated reproductive development and risk-taking in daughters. If you want a healthy child spend time with them how a father spends time reveals to his child what is important to him kids grow up quickly and the time to bond is now there's plenty of fun ways to spend time with your children and it's only a pocket of life that you get them after that when they become adults it's their choice whether they want to spend time with you discipline with love and positive parenting all children need positive guidance and discipline Not as punishment, but to set reasonable limits. Dads should remind children of the consequences of their action and positively acknowledge good behavior. Fathers who discipline in a calm, fair manner show love for their children. That's important. You also want to be your child's role model. Whether they realize it or not, fathers are role models. And a girl who spends time with a loving father grows up knowing she deserves to be treated with respect by boys, and she learns to look for that in a partner. Fathers teach boys and girls what's important in life by demonstrating honesty, humility, and responsibility. We also have to be heard But we have to earn the right to be heard if we're going to be a father. We should begin conversations with our children about important topics when they're very young so that difficult subjects will be easier to handle as they get older. Take time for listening to your child's ideas and problems. Don't criticize them. Don't roll your eyes. Be engaged. Be respectful. You know, you've got to also, one of the things that fathers don't do oftentimes is they allow the family to go eat in front of the television. You, as periodically, and I know that's a tradition, but periodically it's important for you guys to eat together as a family. It's a, it's a healthy way of life. It's bonding through family meals. It gives kids their chance to talk about what they're doing, what they want to do. It's also a good time for fathers to listen and be involved. It provides a structure for families to be together each day. That is important. Reading to your child as a father is hugely important. It's, it's important because they primarily gain more language from a father than they do a mother, and that's research. You know, also seek involvement early. Do it during pregnancy. You know, few events change in a man's life as much as becoming a father. Being entrusted with responsibility and care for another person is a monumental task. But none is more rewarding than becoming a father and seeing your child grow gradually into adulthood. With your affection returning in good measure and your child's self-worth confirmed. Hopefully, this can help you. And hopefully this show will help you decide on what to be as a father. Sense of humor, huge. Cherish your time with them, huge. Cherish your partner, huge. Kids like making decisions, help them make decisions. But be humorous. Look for joy. 
That is what we want. We want to spark their imagination and we want to help them thrive as people. All right, that's our show. I want to thank everybody for listening. I I love hearing from you, and you can do that at voiceamerica.com, the empowerment channel, Dr. Gary Bell's Absurd Psychology. Now, remember that being a father is a role in our life that we all need to take very seriously. We don't want to be people that are leaving our children behind. We have a chance in this holiday season to understand that as Christmas comes and as a new year comes, I hope that you as a father will make the choice to look at yourself and go, I want to be that better parent. All right. That's our show. Thank you for listening. And I hope you have a wonderful day. Thanks. That's our show for this week. Please join Dr. Gary Bell for another edition of Absurd Psychology next Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Now go impress your friends and family with what you've learned today and have them tune in next week so they can be almost as smart as you. 